Mitä pelataan podcast? My favorite games of all time. That I own. 2020 edition. Part 5. Position 63 to 55. Hello and welcome to the list. Now we are almost halfway through the list, the parts, and after this list we will be one third through the games, considering top 81 games. The first nine were dropouts anyway, <laughs> and this is in reality 81. Favorite games of mine that I own. In today's list there are six new games, new games to me, and I don't think any of them were published after I made the list last time. One might have been published in the autumn of 2018, it was published in 2018 anyway. And three games from the previous list, and last time it was a light list, this time it's not that light, there are some quite heavy games and some medium weight games and there's only one gateway game today and that will probably be how it goes from here on onwards there's not that many gateway games at this point of my gaming hobby as it's been over 10 years I'm more into heavy and medium heavy games but of course all games are good if they are good that's the (laughs) idea But anyway, let's go on with the list. I just said that there is one game that might have been published after I made the list. And it's here on 63rd position. Published in 2018, designed by Simone Luciani and Nestore Mangone. And it's published by Cranio Creations. And this is... A game with the apple in the cover of the box. And apple relates to Mr. Newton. So the game is Newton. This is a very interesting style of Euro game. It's been a while since I played it. (laughs) I played it immediately when I acquired this. I have a German copy of it. And when it came from the post, (laughs) the next day we played it. Because I was so interested in getting this to the table. Uh, you play cards and then you do the actions in the game. You can advance your assistants or workers or whatever they are on this science tree track. And then you gain benefits. You can move your guy on the map. Here it's a map of Europe, Southern Europe and Central Europe. You can move the guy there to different cities and gain benefits from there then you fill your library with books and the books give you benefits when you cover the things from the board that's about it there are lots of things in the game intertwined quite well to each other but like i said i played it quite a while ago immediately when it was published it was 2018 end of the year when i last played it so i don't remember that much i just remember that it was a good game and I really want to play this two player. I played it four player, I think. Yes, it was four player. And it flowed quite well and it was quite nice game. Board Game Geek says that it's 
uh, weight is 3.43 I don't think it's necessarily that high because when you go to 4 it's quite heavy this is a bit above 3 maybe but not 3.5 not, not that heavy really this game is mostly on the list at the moment because I like I said maybe earlier at least once that I, I really want to play this again and I want to try this two player because if this is a good two player game and if it goes quickly then I'm sure that this will get to the table with the wife as she is into this style of games and team is also interesting to her although there is not that much team but there is this books and usually everything with books is good <laughs> to her but anyway, I'm not getting into more detail because I don't remember that well. I wrote about it to my Instagram. You can check it from there. It's maybe 300 posts ago <laughs> somewhere. But in case you want my opinions on the game, you can look at it from there in more detail. So the game on the 63rd position was Newton. The 62nd position in this list is a game that I got from my first math trade and I thought that I would get the Capstone Games version but I got the first edition which had this limited print run and was signed by the publishers, not the publishers but the designers by RAS Games. This is from 2013 designed by Rolf Sagel and Andres Spiel and it's Wildcatters. Wildcatters has one of the most beautiful maps, in my opinion, that I've seen. It's very elegant and the theme is also interesting to me that you're trying to have the most oil and get the most money and selling and digging oil. Do you dig oil? What do you do for oil? Finding oil and refining the oil. You pump it, maybe you don't dig it, it's difficult to dig. But anyway, refining the oil and selling it to certain places. And uh, there is this <laughs> share mechanism that is a bit <laughs> annoying at times. I've only played this three player, but I should really, and I really want to play it with four players. It's probably the best, because there's no dummies then on the board, unless some of the players is one. But... This this reminds me a bit of Indonesia for some reason because of this region region cards and this shipping system but it's really really tight game and you want to build with the other people these oil fields and then you don't want to build with the other people these oil fields and you have you're trying to force the other player to pay so many shares that they can't afford it and they have to lose their money and it's a it's a very tight game it's it's somehow between container i don't know why would it be container but it gives the feeling of container and indonesia to me and i i really like this game well, well container has tankers <laughs> or these container boats but that's not the point it's the similar feeling you get in the game because you are playing the players more more than you're playing the map in a way same with indonesia this is a maybe a bit overlooked game 
that people should talk more. I mean, in Board Game Geek, it only has 970 ratings, which is absurd. Thousands of people should play this. But I think it sounds at four people. I've only played it three people. I want to play it four people. And I'm, in a way, I was disappointed I didn't get the Capstone Games version in the Matt Red, but I'm quite happy that I have the limited print run edition because why not? It's it's something that everyone doesn't have. And really, this game should get more buzz. It's good. And I really suggest that you try. If you're into this kind of economic games at all, you should try it. And it's a bit different. It's also heavier than it looks. Because you really need to think think through and think well what to do. On the 62nd position, Wildcatters. On the 61st position in this list is a... It's probably the second Uwe Rosenberg game on my list. Yes, second, because we are not counting the Laha from the list positions lower than 81. And this is a game from 2014 that is ridiculously expensive in English. And <laughs> I don't know why you would buy it buy it in English with the prices they are here currently but last year when I went to UK Games Expo I saw a copy of this for a very good price at Gameslore booth and I immediately bought it. This is Fields of All and this is published by Zeman Games the English version that is and it's a two-player game unless you get the expansion I just recently got the expansion, but I don't think I'll play it with three players until our daughter is old enough. Means that she needs to be able to strategize well enough in this game. But at least the wife now has blue <laughs> blue player color tokens and markers and what is there in the game. This is a game, if you think that... A Feast for Odin has lots of options. Well, this has <laughs> more options. And all of the options are very critical. This is a really tight game. I mean, if you make a mistake, you know that you made a mistake. If you do a good turn or if you make your resources so that they are not wasted and you have exact amounts of resources for things you want to do, you feel that you really accomplished something, you made a great turn. And when your opponent takes the location you want to go to, you really feel that <sighs> slight annoyance for it, <laughs> so to say. And when you do that to your opponent, you also feel that you've <laughs> accomplished something. Or not, maybe not accomplished, but that you have done something that will make you get a better position in the game. I've only played this one time, but even that one time was enough to bring the game here. And uh, moreover, I lost the first game with half a point. Because you get half points at the end of the game from the wares and such that you have left. So you get points at the end of the game for almost everything that you have. So whatever you do during the game is not for nothing. 
you can just produce goods and you get points from them at the end. You can create a road and you get points from that. You can build your farm and you get points. Whatever you do, there is no wasted actions, so to say. Everything gives you something and that is a really good thing in this kind of a game and I really like it. On the 61st position in this list, Fields of Arl. On the 68th position in this list is the first game that was in the previous list and this is also the only uh, gateway game in this list. I think this might be the only one or maybe the second. Yeah, there's probably two games that are under three in board game geek weight scale. And this is a gateway game from 2017, uh, published by Ravensburger and designed by Rainer Knizia. And this is the quest for Eldorado. And this is a great racing game in my opinion. A racing game because you go from the beginning to the end and try to be the first one there. But this also has this deck building well done in my opinion because you get to choose how you build your deck and everything is not available at once and this is a good thing in my opinion because just certain cards are available when a stack ends and when the next person or if you buy when the next person to buy a card when there's an empty place or a stack they choose what stack goes there so only one stack of cards come to play when the previous cards end so it's basically it regulates a bit that if someone gets a crazy amount of money in a turn, they can't buy the best card immediately. They have to buy the, in a way, beginning cards first and then they can get into the better cards. And this is one of the best gateway games. Like I said in the previous list for Gizmos and Reef, this is one of the best as well. If I would make a gateway game list to people who have not played that much games this would definitely be there and it would be high because it does deck building in a great way and it also does racing in a great way and it should have maybe won spill the CRs it was nominated but yeah but <laughs> it didn't win it maybe it should have the quest for Eldorado was on the 60th position in the list the 59th position we <laughs> jump into a very 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 deep end and this is a game designed by Stefan Risthaus and published by Spielworks originally but uh, the version I have is from Capstone Games it's from 2014 and it is Arkwright oh, there's a card game version coming this year I want it or this year it's going to be in Kickstarter or somewhere I just saw the news about it one week ago about one week ago I want it immediately give it if it gives the same feeling in a shorter period of time this is a very long game it's also quite heavy um, board game geek says that its weight is 4.57 out of 5 it's somewhat close because you need to 
consider so many different things. And this one I've also only played once. I just acquired it maybe one year ago or so. And I didn't play the full game yet. If I would have played the full game, full game meaning this Waterfront version, this might be in a very high position on the list. We played in a way a learning game, but I made a mixture out of checking things from the board game geeks forums and such that how to teach it. But I thought that the spinning jenny, as it is as a learning game, is too easy, so I added some of these extra tiles there to make it like a some kind of a fusion between the spinning jenny and the waterfront version. But I felt the game was long but it ended too quick it still felt that the game was too short without the waterfront version because the waterfront version takes longer so you can build your production and your companies well enough and now it just felt that it got cut in the middle although still it was a great game and this is a bit <laughs> some might say that it looks like a Excel sheet. Well, it might look like Excel sheet, but you still need to pay attention to other players all the time. And the setup is interesting that you put all the workers, the billion workers there, and you hire from from the board. The board looks really crazy when it's set up, and it looks very very complicated. But once you get to play, once the game begins running, everything works quite smooth. The rules might be difficult when you read them, but when you play and you understand what does what and how to increase the appeal and how to sell your things and that you shouldn't try to sell something that the other is selling because otherwise you will have something that you can't sell. But to take your own place in the market, it's like when you when it opens to you, it's like a, how can I say, it's like discovering something that is unique in a game and when you get that feeling I, I really I like that feeling a lot in games discovering something that you've done and you've managed and you learned when you learn something this complicated and when it opens to you it's a great feeling and like I said after this waterfront I'm sure that this will go higher to higher to my list whenever I can have five hours to play with someone preferably four people or a four player game but let's see when that will happen hopefully soon before i forget everything about the game on the 59th position in this list arc right on the 58th position in this list is the second game of this part of the list that was earlier on the list. If I didn't say Quest for Eldorado's location opposition last time, it was 74, and this game was position 22, so this one came down 30 something positions. The only reason for that is that I haven't played this for a long time again, not long time, but for a while. Long enough time to forget half of the game. <laughs> this is published in 2015 and by what's your game 
Designers are Nuno Bizarro Santiero and Paolo Soledad. And I tend to like their games. This is not the last one on the list. And this is Nippon. Nippon is a game in Japan. I mean, located based on Japan. And it's about this uh, Japanese area trying to or deciding to open their market to the outside societies, outside countries. And you're trying to be the most powerful person not powerful necessarily but you try to collect the most points and get the more production and get the most money in this uh, japan during that age you do that by you add rails trains there and boats and you add industry and factories and such but there is this very interesting mechanism here that you add workers to your board and you have to choose the moment when you empty your board. So when you put the workers back. And that gives really difficult choices at some points. That when will you do it? Because when you do it, you have to pay salary. And depending on when you do it, it can be devastating or it can be a good timing. It a bit depends on how you've planned and you pay the salary according to how many different colors you have. So you should try to choose similar colors to avoid paying the salary that much. So you have more money to work with during your next turn. And this is, again, I don't remember everything about the game. I've tried to play it now in board game arena, but I don't seem to get any friend of mine to play it because <laughs> none of the people I've played it with use board game arena so they would have to learn the game and it seems that <laughs> they are not interested in doing that at the moment so please let me know if you want to play nippon i want to play it again and it's possible to do it in board game arena and seems to it seems that the games work well in board game arena especially this kind of games that your where your turn might take long or might not take long it depends a bit but i think this Returning the workers idea and paying the bill at that moment is a great one. And I haven't seen it used enough in games and it should be used more in my opinion. But on the 58th position in this list, Nippon. On the 57th position is a game that was on 51st position last time when I did the list. It's from 2013, designed by Brett Murrell and published by World Spanner. <laughs> if you know it, you know it by now, so I shouldn't make it longer because I think this game is the child of this person and this publisher and they don't have really other stuff. This one is Duel of Ages, and especially with the master set, not just the basic set. The base set is just nonsense, you need to get the master set in my opinion, because the master set brings all the rules and all the things and it makes it so convoluted that it's crazy. But with the base set it just gives you a taste of the game. When I played with just the base set, it was like, uh, well, it's good and good. Maybe it's good. 
Then after playing with the master set, it was like, oh wow, this is, this is great. And this is so crazy game that I don't think I'm going into it here. But basically there's a arena that some people from the future, not people, but some alien race from the future or whatever has created an arena and they summon different characters from different eras in the world and from the future and they have to accomplish missions in the arena. Basically there's a map with small locations and all your characters are these small circular cardboard tokens and they move there and all of them, all of the characters have their own card where there's different statistics they have and different skills and different everything and uh, it's played in teams it's always black versus white there's two teams and you can play this up to with the master set especially you can play it up to maybe 64 players but i would never suggest that you <laughs> you do that that that's just crazy business you should not do that I repeat, you shouldn't do that. But there are the scenarios in the rule book or the scenario book. And I don't remember that. Is it in the same? But anyway, there are scenarios for up to 32 people at least. But they last a full day. I think this is a two-player game. Maximum four. But basically you can play with as many players as you want. Just if it's like... 16 player game and then there should be minimum 8 versus 8 team and if it's 8 versus 8 everyone has one character and if you get a crappy character then you're stuck with the crappy character and that's that's that what is best in this game and best and best but what is the very interesting thing in this game that makes me like it is that you decide when the game ends when beginning to play you can agree with the other players that we will play five rounds and then it ends whoever has the most points at the end will win the game or we play two hours and after two hours it ends uh, i think the choosing the round amount is number of round rounds is better because then you get the exact amount of turns or you can do so that if you have three hours of time you can say that we play two hours and finish the round that is in the middle I mean, finish the round that is going on when the two hours ends. You shouldn't do it so that two hours, because that might, if someone is too interested in winning, you shouldn't play this if you just want to win and are too competitive. But in any case, if someone is too interested in winning and competitive, they might waste time on purpose so that the two hours end. So you shouldn't allow that to happen. You should say that we end when everyone has exact same amount of turns. So in any any case, you get characters from different eras and you get weapons and items and you can get uh, allies or henchmen or everything from quests in this game. And there are these keys where you can go to key meaning a piece that holds the bigger pieces together. Some keys have this labyrinth where you can go and make certain quests and perform different tasks. And then you can find something from the search tokens that are on the map or other tokens. And I always feel when I'm playing this game, I always feel that 
there's not enough. <laughs> I mean, I would want to find new items and new things from everywhere. Sometimes it feels that I don't get any items for the for the characters that I want to get the items to. That some wrong characters get the items that should go to other characters. Also, the artwork is really great in this. But after you decided that your Napoleon needs to shoot a bazooka riding a bicycle and it hits the dinosaur from the future who tries to block it with a heath shield then you are lured into this game not lured but you you might be astonished by how everything works together this is not a game to be taken seriously don't go into it wanting to win uh, go into it wanting to have fun and experiencing also what is good in this game is that it doesn't use dice for combat or for anything results or for anything you open a card and whatever comes from the deck from the card it shows you the result it compares what you need to achieve to what you have and there can be failures of something proportions of ri ridiculous proportions means that it's a critical fail and then you can amaze which means that you get a critical success and you get something cool and the bonuses and the losses can be sometimes very very good or very bad and i really want to play this again and again i haven't played it many times i've only played it three times but still it's something that if there's time to play this and if i would find someone who likes this two player i could play it weekly or i could make a long play or something this is unfortunately not possibly going to be reprinted if they made this now and they added <laughs> miniatures into the game they could charge thousands of euros in kickstarter because this has ridiculous amount of stuff in it ridiculous amount of stuff in it it has I dare to say there's more stuff in this than in Gloomhaven, and that's a lot, but the stuff is different. I I really want to play this more. This is not a your standard game, this is a piece of art that should be experienced once, I think, because there's no other game like this, and I don't think there's anyone crazy enough to create something like this again in the future. So anyway, on the 57th position, Duel of Ages 2, especially with the master set, not just the base game. On the 56th position of this list is a game that I had not played until last year, I think. And this is again Uwe Rosenberg's game. Second one on this part of the list. Uh, it, it's from 2013. It's published by Lookout Games and Mayfair. And I have the Mayfair edition it seems. I also have the expansion and also the water promos for this. Or is it a mini expansion? And this is Caverna. I <laughs> wanted to play this for a long time. I couldn't. I just couldn't find time or place to play it. And I even had it on the shelf for quite a while. And then I played a friend's copy in the board game club. And 
it's good and then I played it two player at home and that was also good so I've played this only two and three player and um, I had this two player version earlier I played one time and I didn't like it I sold it immediately almost I didn't like it at all this is better two player game than the two player version in my opinion uh, here you can build your farm or your mine or your cave you can build stuff into your cave or uh, clear the forest and build a farm there you can collect animals you can build buildings you can go on a quest you can collect gems you can collect things you can basically you can do almost anything that the game lets you do if compared to agricola this is more loose and in a way i like the tightness of agricola and i also like the freedom of this i'm not sure if agricola will be on this list higher or not but if it is then it will be because of the tightness if it's not then it means that i like this looseness more I really like the game. This takes so much table space actually that I'm not sure if this will come to the table at home or will it be Fields of Ala that will come to the table easier. Both of them take huge amount of space from the table so let's see it's probably and definitely up to the wife that which one will we play but we both like both of these and these are very valid options for two player games where there's some kind of farming or worker placement and taking the positions from the others these are very good both of them on the list today and there's not much else to say there's lots of things to do in caverna and if you haven't played it play it even if you haven't played agricola earlier play it this is very good show from uwe rosenberg that what can be done with worker placement and farming and it doesn't penalize you as much as agricola does so if you don't like to get some penalties, then try this one rather. So on the 56th place on this list was Caverna. On the 55th position in this list and the last game today is a game that really surprised me. Really surprised me. I thought that uh, I will like this maybe. But. I was so surprised how much I like this. This is from Kulminianat, published on 2015. It probably was in Kickstarter like most of their games are. This is a cooperative card game. Uh, it's designed by Keren Philosophales and Michael Sinal. I hope I didn't butcher your names very badly. And it's Xenosift Onslaught. I haven't played the Dreadmire and I was looking at the Dreadmire one for a while and then also this one and maybe two, three years, two years, at least two years ago I found it used and a friend of mine picked it up from another city and then brought it to me when he came to visit and then it was unplayed I promised to him that when he will visit we will play and last December he visited and we played it and this is like Starship Troopers it really feels like Starship Troopers the movie this is <laughs> really interesting we played it 
first time we thought that it's so difficult. How can we win? How can we win? It's impossible to win this game. Then we check the rules again and there's one place where it says that when you acquire a card, you take it to your hand. And then we thought that, ah, okay, maybe it, it's not that difficult. Because we were used to this deck building that when you acquire a card, it goes to your discard pile. So we did that. We acquired the new cards and we put the discard pile. If you've played this game, try to play that way. And let me know if you complete even one of the waves. And this is good. It tackles this thing with cooperative games that some people don't like that. There can be quarterbacking because here you can play to someone else's role. I mean, you can play your cards to someone else to defend their side of the base. Or you can play an item to someone else's role. Because this is like a tower defense or what it is that... It's probably tower defense that uh, each player will have their own field that they are defending against the wave. And there will be wave of monsters coming and you have to defend all of them and survive. If one of them goes through, you get damage, and that's how you lose the game. But you can play to the other player also. If the other player didn't draw enough units or something, you can play a unit there, or the other way, someone can play to you. If you have units but you don't have items, they can play to you. And it really feels like it's cooperative, and it's really difficult, even when you're taking the cards to your hand, not to the discard discard pile but it's really difficult and i want to play this more and more and more and more i think this is best with two players i would never play it with four players it's from one to four and i don't think i would ever play with four three is the limit but two player was really good you can really strategize well with three players it probably just adds time and that's it but it probably isn't bad four is Maybe too much. And this was a very surprising to me how much I liked the game. So on 55th spot in this list is Xenoshift Onslaught. So that was the list this time. It seems that these parts are really different from each other. Now that I've recorded three from this top 81 part. The first one was new games to me. The previous one was light games and this one was a bit heavier games. At least some of them were. I think only Quest for Eldorado and Xenoshift were under three in the board game geek weight evaluation. And yeah, this episode today is probably the most representative of my taste in games. In a way, the weight and such. The next episode will have one light game, one abstract game, two-player game, uh, some heavy games and some medium games. <laughs> How surprising. But the next week's list is the part so far that has the least new games. It has only three new games and I think I hadn't played any of them last time. When I made the list. So six games from next week. Have been on this list the last time. Not next week but the next episode. And I think. That might be close to the most. No there are two episodes that have. At least that many or. More than that. Games that were already earlier on this list. 
but yeah there's still quite a few new games coming if you have listened to the previous list it's in Finnish or you can find it actually in Instagram in pictures if you want to learn it in English all the posts are in autumn of 2018 so feel free to go there to check that list how it was then and what has changed to now and what to expect maybe there are games that you will find from there that you know that I will have on the list or maybe not you can't know if you are not sure because the older games I don't post about them that much anyway let's hope that you continue with the list and let's hope that you are at least a bit entertained or most important thing is that you get to know my taste so you know that if I like a game would you like it or not and if you hear about the game that you're thinking of thinking about if you're interested in it you can ask me more details because I'm trying to go through the games quick so that these don't become very long so you will get these episodes soon enough for your listening but This seems to have gone a bit long. I might cut a bit in the edit because now it's over 50 minutes. And because of that, I think we'll end this right now or in a moment. You can find this podcast at SoundCloud and also in iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts by searching Mitäpelataan subscribe to the podcast with the podcast catcher or app that you're using so I see how many people are subscribing they don't match the listening numbers at all leave a review if you think that you should leave a review but be honest in it you can also find me in Instagram and Twitter with username mitapelataan there's also a page in Facebook mitapelata send me email to mitapelataan at gmail.com and comment, interact, give opinions Why am I wrong? Why am I right about games? Just some interaction. And as always, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for the music goes to Grimborders.